when we do the scary thing and we do something that feels aligned, even if it doesn't make sense to anybody else, we are going to be granted more abundance and gifts than we know what to do with. It is absolutely insane and it happens every single time. So don't let fear drive your life. In fact, don't be afraid to burn it all down and start fresh. Let's dig through the mud together We're so glad you're here Join us here each week For Mudlark guys welcome back to the show i'm your host danny bolts and i am so glad you're here welcome to mudlark here at mudlark we talk about the things that are sometimes just really hard to talk about topics that range from abuse trauma uh, addiction sex everything under the sun that can kind of make you go Ugh. that's basically what we cover here and i'm just so glad you're here if this is your first time welcome if this is your 15th 20th 30th time here welcome back i love ya whether we're old friends or brand new friends i love ya and i'm so grateful that you're here i wanted to just kick the show off with an affirmation this is an affirmation that i had forever hanging up on my wall in my bedroom it is i wake up excited to do my work because my life is reflective of my truest self so I'll say it again, I wake up excited to do my work because my life is reflective of my truest self. The whole topic of the show today is creative and aligned living. So I'm going to teach you guys how to live a more creative and aligned life. This is going to be based off of basically steps that I have followed to get to where I am today, which is a life where I'm living solely off my creative work. I live, I can work remotely, I can work from anywhere in the world and support myself and my husband and our lifestyle. And I just get a lot of questions about this, whether it's through my company, Honeysuckle and Mud, or directly from Mudlark listeners. So I'm, I'm just going to dive into it. So what is creative living? Creative living is living a life that's completely reflective of your essence. And often this means we have to begin to let go of a lot of old stories that have been looping about like who we think we need to be and really start living from a truer, more aligned space, which is who we are. So, for example, like I know I'm here on this planet to be an entrepreneur and live solely off of my creative endeavors. And I've known this since I was a little girl, but due to societal programming, um, I... And also kind of like that starving artist persona that you hear about, I never believed that it was truly possible for me to live a creative life. So even though I knew it was in me to do it, I didn't believe it was possible. So I bartended, I worked in hospitality for years, um, and I helped many people with their own business endeavors while 
literally neglecting the ones that were just sitting there waiting for me, which is my lifestyle company, Honeysuckle and Mud, my home spaces, the Montana house, the Cozy Roller, uh, the retreats I lead, and so much more. And we'll get into the whole topic of multiple income streams here soon. But to start to know on a subconscious level that it was possible for me to live a creative life, I had to really start finding people who were living lives that I admired. So I did grow up with some entrepreneurs in my family, so I was already somewhat expanded from this, but I knew that I needed to find more people who were successful in their creative businesses. So this is back probably about five years ago. I mean, I've, I've been an entrepreneur in some way, shape or form since I was 20 years old. I mean, it's kind of began, I wasn't making money off it, but I was like leading this running group. And that was when I really started to see that, oh shit, like I can make stuff happen. I'm innately good at bringing people together. Um, I opened a yoga studio at age 24 and that business completely I ended up having to close the business. You've heard me talk about it many times if you've been here a while. Um, So I've like dabbled in entrepreneurship, but it wasn't until about four and a half years ago where I had the huge fire lit underneath me. And I I promised myself, I was like, I'm not going to work for anybody else again, unless it's like consulting stuff. I'm going to make this happen. And honestly, like finding people who are successful in their creative businesses, I think that this is one of the most vital pieces of beginning to live a life that's truly aligned. And it's allowing your mind to see what is possible for you. And if we don't see that something's possible, it's just, I mean, basic like neuroscience, it's most likely not going to happen. So going and seeking out those people is so important. And what I want to take you through today are just the steps that are going to help you begin to live a more creative life. Like I said at the top of the show, and you all know I really like lists. So what I've done is about a week or so ago, I did a call out on Instagram. And if we're not friends on Instagram yet, go find me over there at Danny Bolts, D-A-N-I-B-O-L-T-Z. Um, and I did a call out asking you guys what you wanted to know about creative living. And I've taken all of your questions and was able to weave most of them through the list. Um, the ones that I didn't get to like in the list, I will touch on at the very end, but I did answer all of your questions. So let's get into it. So the steps to living your most creative life. If you want to take notes, that would be super fun. I'd love to see what your list looks like. Um, Otherwise, just have a listen. Um, So step one, examine what in life feels flowy and what feels upstream. So I talk about this a lot um, and it sounds simple, I know, but this is perhaps one of the most important things you can do is the things in your life, the things in your life that are feeling really good are what are pulling you towards your creative essence, your creative life. And the things that feel sticky and terrible and just really frustrating, those are the things that aren't made for you. And I'm not saying that like living a creative life is easy or that everything I do every single moment is just like, oh, like what a breeze. But there is truly nothing that I dread. So that feeling of dread or angst or just 
yeah, you're just dreading it. I think that's the best way to say it. That might not be made for you. And there's a difference between like when something, sorry, there's like massive yard work going on outside. So if you can hear that, I apologize. Um, There's a difference between when something's not made for you and when something is triggering and you need to go in and look at it. So I don't want you to think that just because I I don't want you to think I'm saying that if that's hard, then it's not right for you because there's a difference between things being hard and things being dreadful. So I just want you to like start to examine what in your life feels really good. I mean, it could be like cooking. It could be anything in your life that you actually get a kick out of and start to write that down or log it in your mind, pay attention and do more of those things. And maybe start to let go of some of those upstream sticky, shitty things that you don't like. Step two, lean into curiosity. So for this one, I want to just give you an example. I'm going to explain the story of how my company came to life. Uh, It was when I was at my massive rock bottom and feeling very creatively stunted. And I would, you know, scroll Pinterest like we do. And I was very drawn to wooden spoons. Someone in my family had started carving wooden spoons and I was obsessed with that work. And then every time I would see wooden spoons, I would just kind of drool. I'm like, why am I so obsessed with these? So I ended up investing in some spoon carving equipment. I started geeking out over YouTube videos that was teaching me how I could carve my very own spoon. And I just started carving the hell out of some spoons on my front porch. And just that business person in me was pretty quickly like, okay, well, how can I monetize this? So that led to me opening up an Etsy shop. That led to me starting to just sell a few of my pieces, like very, like maybe two a week. And I thought that was amazing because I wasn't working at that point in time. And I was actually living off of money uh, that I that I made selling my first Airstream. So that was kind of when I started to really begin living a more creative lifestyle was when I bought that little trailer. And so I started selling stuff on Etsy and then that ended up leading to me listening to a lot of podcasts when it came to business and um, creative business in particular, artists. And I stumbled upon this podcast called the Studio 78 Podcast with Nishay Snow, who's one of my friends now. And I went on to her podcast, which I'll link that episode in the show notes. This was when my business was formerly um, Wood Intimations. That was my name that I started with. And you can kind of hear like the very beginning of the company story there. So that'll be really fun to listen to if you're curious in like a more in-depth kind of detail of how I began my business. It's all there. But that ended had me going to that podcast where I then started listening to all of these other entrepreneurs who just had these incredibly amazing creative businesses that were successful. And so this is where my mind started to expand and I was starting to see, oh, like this is possible for me. Like I might actually be able to be making a living that I desire off my creative work. And it was kind of neat because Nishé was someone who really saw things in me that I couldn't see at that time. Like I was still at pretty low self-worth. I did not know how capable I was. And this is like 
not that long ago. This is like four years ago. Um, if that maybe three and a half years ago. And I remember her saying like, who knows, like maybe you'll start teaching people how to carve spoons. So that ended up happening. I ended up needing my husband to come and help me um, with the woodworking aspect of the business because it started to gain momentum. And then I guess it was a year and a half ago, I began teaching spoon carving classes. And that led into those workshops, which were incredibly successful, and then started leading retreats with a woodworking aspect to them. So it'd be like yoga, wellness, all of these things. And um, so this is all, again, coming back to leaning into curiosity. I had this curiosity, this craving to like try carving spoons. And now the business, I mean, we're selling, it's pretty poetic, actually. We are selling spoon carving equipment to people all around the world. And this is completely supporting us. And this is only one of our portals. So I just want to point that out to you that when you start to listen to those curiosities and lean in, that is your soul pulling you towards something that you probably have no idea what it's going to turn into. So I want you to just think about that today. Think about it in this moment. What's something that has been pulling at you? And can you give it a whirl? Can you lean in and try it? Because you have no idea what that what's waiting for you. Step three, understand your subconscious blocks and find people who are doing what you want to be doing. So we already touched on the second half of that up above, but I'll just kind of recap. So there is um, actually a meditation that comes along with this episode and I've recorded to help you start to examine what some of your blocks might be. A block is just what it sounds like. The things that you picked up in childhood that could be blocking you from living your truest, like most creative life. So I will link the meditation in the show notes. And just an example here, um, I grew up with a mom who worked from paycheck to paycheck, never worked a job that she was super passionate about. And she just really like struggled for the majority of mine and my sister's upbringing, but she made it work. And then on the contrary, my aunt, um, she has, and I've always been very close to her. Um, she has pretty much always worked for herself and has been very successful in her career, uh, has had a ton of freedom. And I've always known that I wanted what she had. Because what I witnessed more often was um, financial struggle and avoidance, you know, and disorganization, like on my mom's side, uh, when it came to money and career. And when I would see what my aunt was doing and how it just seemed so flowy and comfortable and free, I was like, that is what I want. And I was such a young girl when I witnessed that and I locked that in to my subconscious. So... I've had to then seek out many more creative entrepreneurs to expand my beliefs about what's possible for myself. And most importantly, I've had to really burn the belief that the only job for me is a nine to five and or for somebody else. And on a soul level, I just know that I came here for entrepreneurship. So when you go through that medita- meditation, I'm really excited to hear what comes up for you because this should really start to open up and show you what some of your blocks might be. So understand your subconscious blocks, the things that are actually blocking you 
from living your aligned life and then finding people who are doing what you want to be doing. So yeah, don't and don't feel afraid to reach out to people that inspire you. I do that all the time, you guys. I ask people what they're doing, how they're doing it. I even had the audacity to reach out to one of my biggest career expanders and I asked her how much she made and she told me because I was trying to see, I needed, my mind needed to see that it was possible for me. Um, She has this beautiful business. I won't name drop it here. Um, (laughs) And uh, I just have always looked up to her. And as soon as she told me that, I was instantly like, okay, I can do it too. Number four, get back in touch with your inner childs. Something we talk about on the show all the time. But what I mean by this is remembering what you were innately good at as a kiddo. You know, for me, it was anything design related, gathering people, planning, innate, like innately good at all of those things. I've done it since I was a little tiny girl. I mean, you should ask my mom, like if I wasn't around, nobody knew what to do because I was the planner. And so I just want you to ask yourself, like, what am I innately good at? And give yourself time to explore what that might be. Because when things are innate to us and things that we just naturally do, it's easy to not see them or to not see them as special or important. And over the years, I've realized how these little simple aspects of my personality, these just natural parts of me, those are my strengths. When we can understand what those gifts are and lean into them and exercise them more and more, that is really going to shape your creative life in a profound way. So take time to explore what that might be for you. Step five, create financial structure and gain clarity on your money values. So step five, create financial structure and gain clarity on your money values. I'm learning more and more that freedom requires a lot of organization, which I was super resistant to for a long time for some reason. But this is so important to living a creative life is organization. I I think I just have always associated freedom with like just being lackadaisical in like every corner of life. But when it comes to finances, we got to get really cleaned up. And many of you asked about budgeting and finance. And honestly, this has been one of the more challenging parts of running multiple creative businesses for me. But this year, I set the intention to go all in when it comes to financial structure and organization. And if I were to tell my younger entrepreneurial self anything, it would be to get this set in place first. Because when you work for yourself, you need to know how much money is coming in and going out to feel the safety and security that you're craving. I mean, if you're anything like me, I crave that comfort and that knowing. In the recent past, I've leaned way more towards uh, avoidance when it comes to money. And this is something I'm committed to changing. So this looks like for me getting really good and aesthetically pleasing accounting software. This is not a sponsored thing at all, although it should be. But I use FreshBooks. I finally committed to using FreshBooks and it's the fucking best. I've used QuickBooks and FreshBooks is life because it's so beautiful and I can kind of sync it to my brand and it just I get excited to look at it because I need that. I need something that is also 
beautiful and something that's fun. So FreshBooks has been amazing. I have all my different financial portals in there, the Montana House, the Cozy Roller, Etsy, my website, custom work, retreats, etc. And I can find out how much each portal is bringing in, you know, which ones I need to expand on and give more attention to and which ones are flowing more freely. So get financially organized. And I know that's daunting, especially if you grew up without learning how to do that like me. Um, It's just so important and you're going to feel very empowered. And I feel that so much right now. I get excited to do my bookkeeping. It's insane. And as far as budgeting, I don't do a ton of budgeting. Um, I'm clear on what my money values are though. And money values are the reasons why you want money. And mine are almost identical to my life values, which are freedom, creativity, and comfort. And I'll kind of explain what these values are. So I actually have an episode on defining your values, which can totally bleed into this. And it's episode 23. It was titled Defining Your Values, Shifting Unhealthy Patterns, and Stepping Into 2020. So go have a listen to that if you haven't yet. But as far as the money values go, so when you're clear on why you want to make the money you're making, it'll be easy to figure out what to do with that money budgeting. So freedom for me, that means... I want to be able to up and go anywhere I want, whenever I want to. And I don't mean necessarily like, I want to be able to go to Egypt tomorrow if I, like, I don't mean that. I mean freedom to drive back to Oregon and see my family or freedom to go meet up with one of my girlfriends in Bend or whatever. Like, I just like that freedom to explore, to go do anything, for my remote work to be flowy and comfortable and yeah just having freedom that I get to rely solely on this income creativity uh the work I do the way I structure my days um I just know that when I want to be making enough money to support a creative lifestyle so all the work I'm doing is fun and creative and expressive and the way I structure my days are flowy and soul-feeling And then lastly, comfort. So how I shop for my family, my clothes, my home. I don't want to have to look at price tags all the time. I don't want to have to wonder, um, oh, is that grocery store going to be too expensive? It's like, no, I want to be able to go into any store I want and be able to comfortably support my family and I without having to have anxiety or stress. Like I feel completely secure. So it's really important create financial structure, and gain clarity on what your money values are. Step six, don't let fear drive your life. Don't let fear drive your life. (laughs) It sounds cheesy when I say it, but life is all about unknowns. You know, we pretend like we know what's happening in our life by setting up these systems and schedules and yada, yada, yada. But the truth is life is full of unknowns. That's all it is. And the quicker we can step into this unknown life with curiosity, like we talked about above, and excitement, the more abundant and creative our life is going to be. I can give you an example of when I was letting fear drive my life. And I'll use a relationship example. I hope that doesn't get too confusing. But 
before I met my husband, I was with my long-term boyfriend and there was just this, I, I literally was staying with him because I was afraid of what would happen to him if we broke up. And I was afraid of what my social circle would look like. I was afraid of what my life would look like. I was like, I moved to Montana with this guy. We're living in this small town. What's going to happen? There was all of these fear-based thoughts and questions. And the moment I decided to be like, you know what? I truly don't know what's going to happen if I end this relationship. I do not know fucking anything. I'm basically burning my life to the ground, but you know what? I'm going to do it. And that second that I was able to make that decision, like in my mind, I wasn't actually like moving and shaking and actually doing the tangible things, but I knew in my mind and my heart that I was going to be ending that relationship. That was when my now husband come came into my life because I just believe this, whether you believe in the universe or God or intuition, whatever, when we do the scary thing and we do something that feels aligned, even if it doesn't make sense to anybody else, we are going to be granted more abundance and gifts than we know what to do with. It is absolutely insane and it happens every single time. So don't let fear drive your life. In fact, don't be afraid to burn it all down and start fresh. Um, on mine and my husband's wedding rings that we designed for each other, we have fireweed. And we've always had this cozy relationship with fireweed. Fireweed is this wildflower that grows, I mean, all over. I'm not all over, but here in Montana, back in Oregon, in a lot of places. And it grows after a forest fire. So once there's been a huge burn a complete, almost a debilitating burn. These gorgeous flowers come up from the ground. And we just loved that whole thing because really that's what happened to us when we came together. It was like I burnt my life down and then started fresh and so much bounty, so much abundance came from that decision. So the I want to just share a couple of the listener questions that I wasn't able to weave into my list. And I'll go back through and just name the steps one more time at the very end. Um, But here are your questions. How do you know what to charge? (laughs) Fair question. I believe with every ounce of myself that what we charge is directly related to where our self-worth is at. So if we are asking for amount of money that is beyond what we actually believe we are worth people aren't going to buy it. And life is energy. People are energy. People feel energy. And the higher your self-worth, the more you can charge. And there's, um, I have an episode about raising your self-worth. It's, I think, episode five. I will link it in the show notes. But it's so vital that, I mean, the higher my self-worth goes, the more money we're making. It just shows up time and time again. So I know that's kind of vague, but that's my answer. And I can tell you that when I began my company, I was charging very little and it was completely aligned with where I was at in relationship to myself. And the closer I become to who I am, the more money I make. And it's fucking awesome. So yeah, how do you know what to charge? What do you think? What do you actually believe you're worth? It's a hard question, but ask it. 
Next question. How do I choose and execute the right idea? I loved this question and I loved it because I actually think this is something I am really good at because I'm not super afraid to fail. (laughs) Um, And I think my way of answering this is, again, with that whole curiosity piece, what are you excited about? What interests you? Notice what thoughts come up. Notice what innovative ideas come into your mind. I believe our soul speaks to us. I believe our intuition is guiding us. And everything that I am currently working on are things, ideas that have popped into my mind and I just gave it a whirl. Like when I started teaching my spoon carving classes, I was like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know if anyone's going to join. And boom, they did because it was divine and I leaned into it. So when you ask like how to choose and execute the right ideas, do what lights you up, do what gets you excited. And I think it's also kind of like makes me think of Elizabeth Gilbert and Big Magic. And she talks about how you don't want to put all of the weight on your creative work, which is funny because I put all of my weight on my creative work. (laughs) So I, I guess I don't fully agree with that. But if you are in a place of having a full-time job right now or you're working corporate or you have income coming in use this amazing time having that cushion to explore what lights you up and that way you don't have to put the weight on your creative endeavor whatever it may be because you don't need the income from it and see what happens see if it grows see if it organically starts to gain momentum and if you still have energy to pour into it That is a sign that that's something you can continue with. I have done so many things in the last, I don't know, lifetime that didn't continue. But you just keep trying and follow what, follow the breadcrumbs, you know, follow your curiosity. Next one. How did you take the leap of faith and what was the most challenging? I kind of said that up above. I'm personally not someone who's super afraid to fail. Um, and I guess like the leap of faith, it was, it, it helped when I sold the Airstream because I, I basically doubled what I bought the Airstream for my first one. And so I had this cushion of money um, to live off of. And so I didn't feel like I knew that I was going to be able to pay my bills for a while, a little while. Um And so that helped, I'm sure. Like if I had zero money, it would have been harder. I I definitely think that. But I guess it's just trusting, self-trust, believe in yourself. Know that you can do whatever you want to do. And whatever you're craving, whatever you're drawn to was made for you. And it's just waiting for you to take hold. And as far as the most challenging Again, touched on that. Finances, um, getting organized, giving myself permission to really step into my power as a businesswoman. And it's, yeah, I think that's been the hardest. And even, you know, when my self-worth wasn't caught up with the way my business was growing, like there was, it was gaining momentum, but I was still charging a little and I was exhausting myself. So Yeah, that's why that self-work is everything. Keep loving on yourself so that your self-worth can rise to the occasion and you can make some fucking good money. 
Next one. When you open multiple financial portals, how do you prioritize your time and effort to manage them all? Great question. This is, how do I, I mean, I can go back to the accounting stuff because that definitely helps when you can see which portals are producing a good amount of income. It's flowing. It seems pretty consistent. You kind of know where your energy needs to be. But for me, I kind of have my schedule set up like like I know Monday's podcast day. I know that the podcast comes out and I know that I'm going to be doing some recording on Mondays. So kind of setting days of the week that you know you're going to work on certain things. But even then, I don't always stick to it because I really like to let my intuition lead the way. So trusting that the work that needs to get done will get done when I can really tune into my body and my heart and notice what it wants to do. It's funny, like the days that I honor what my what I'm wanting. Like if, if I wake up, I'm like, holy crap, I want like a slow morning. I want coffee. I want a big breakfast. I want to go walk the driveway. When I listen to those, like those yearnings, those, that intuitive feeling and not judge it as lazy or judge it as, I don't know, ju- just not judge it. Those are my most productive days. So it's just, it's it's inevitable. I think the more that you listen to yourself, the more work you're actually going to get done rather than trying to force yourself to accomplish a task or just sit down and grind. It's like maybe try a couple days where you just listen to what your body's actually wanting and see what magic happens there. So those are all the listener questions kind of woven in and then I just read those last ones. So to recap, the steps for living your most creative life. Step one, examine what in life feels flowy and what feels upstream. Step two, lean into curiosity. Step three, understand your subconscious blocks and find people who are doing what you want to be doing. These are the people you need to be around. So true. Uh, Step four, get back in touch with your inner child as always. Step five, Create financial structure and gain clarity on your money values. Step six, don't let fear drive your life. So I have some prior episodes on the podcast that are dedicated to the topic of creative living. There's episode 27, understanding the space between a predictable paycheck and creative entrepreneurship. This is with my husband. And the other one is also with my husband. It's episode eight. And it's shifting old stories, creative living, and our vows to one another. And yeah, both of those are with my husband, Hi. They're really good. And I hope this was helpful, you guys. I kind of like get a little anxious when I'm recording with my dog in the room because <laughs> he tends to like have his like daily panic when I'm on the podcast and not paying attention to him. So I'm always mildly distracted when I have him. So I hope this all made sense. I love you all so much. Please reach out with any questions and I'm just here for you. I'm here to help you tap into that creative life that is waiting for you because you deserve it and it was made for you. So just never forget that. And I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you guys so much as always for listening. If you have not yet rated or reviewed the show, please head over to iTunes. This means the whole freaking world to me. 
Rate it five stars. Let other people know what you're gaining from the show. And be sure to head to the show notes to get the link to the guided meditation. And I just love you. And I can't wait till next time. Bye.